Welcome to the podcast for the First United Methodist Church, located in Round Rock, Texas. This week, Pastor Brad Britton asks us, what does winning in life look like? How are we going through life as followers of Christ? Pastor Britton also talks to us about being children of God with grace and forgiveness, and how these virtues are important, tying in baptism and community. But what does it look like to win in life as followers of Christ, where our lives will have some significance and meaning? All that matters is in the end, did I live my life as a child of God, and was I a person of grace and forgiveness? God initiates God's love and grace in our lives. And it happens in community. That's very important. Being a part of a church is being a part of a community that loves and forgives and supports. And so that is very important in baptism. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, whom I love, and with you, I am well pleased. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Man, you may be seated. God, remind us in this moment that we are your children and that our value comes from you and how you've loved us and given yourself to us in Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Now, how many of you were watching Monday Night Football last week? Anybody watching the game live with the Bills and Bengals? Uh, just a horrifying scene if you, if you were watching, and certainly many of you have heard about it, but uh, DeMar Hamlin was a safety for the Bills, and uh, there was a, just a normal play, really, and took a hit to the chest and gets up and then collapsed. Uh, turns out he went into cardiac arrest, and so all the... Medical personnel rushes out, and you could see right away this was different than just, well, does he have a concussion or something else? It was serious from the beginning. Uh, All the players gathered around in prayer. The stadium was transformed into a prayer meeting almost instantly. Uh, CPR was performed on him, and and turns out might very well have saved his life. He's uh, doing better, last I saw, and one of the best things I heard all week was the press conference with the doctors. I don't know if you, you saw this. When he woke up in the hospital, he was able to communicate, and he asked a question in writing, I believe, who won the game? Because you remember, he, he was out. He doesn't remember a thing, knows nothing. Who won the game? And I love the line from the doctor. The doctor uh, said, you did. You won the game of life. And it got me to thinking, what does it mean What does it look like to win at life? Now, an obvious win for all of us here today is we're alive and breathing. We're here. Uh, That's a win. But what does it look like to win in life as followers of Christ? Where our lives will have some significance and meaning. Uh, I remember two things from college. I hope my parents aren't watching this. I only remember two things from that investment. Two, and after you hear the first one, you're going to be like, what a waste, but here it goes. Need my visual aid for this. I was in a communications class, 
This is a roll of toilet paper, by the way, so you can see it. I was in a communications class, and the assignment was for us to give a persuasive speech that be, would be memorable in less than two minutes. So you had to convince people of something in two minutes or less. And so there was this kid that got up and did this uh, uh, speech on toilet paper. By the way, he was uh, the bookie for people that uh, gambled on sports in the hallway. Yeah. Or so I've been told. I mean, I don't, how would I know? Uh, that went over better than I thought. I <laughs> Uh, be sure and tip your ushers. We'll be here. And so he gets up and he gives a, a compelling speech on why the toilet paper roll should be like this on the holder. Amen. Pull down. My first applause here is this. Really? Is that, that's where it is, huh? Pat, let's take up another offering. They're feeling good today. Um, and sure enough, that I remembered it, and if I'm in a, I'll actually look and, you know, so just by a show of hands, how many of you think this way? Me, for sure. Anybody the other way? Oh, oh, just a few. Well, you know, the kid was right. Look at this. This is amazing. This might be our last roll at the house. I'm going to give it back here. <laughs> in fact, I think it is. Uh, so that's one thing I learned in college. The second thing I learned was at freshman orientation, and this one actually had a lot of lasting values. A guy named Miles McCall, and this is over 30 years ago, and I remember this. Uh, we're all gathered in this auditorium, and he asked all these freshmen, me included, uh, to stand up if you did this or that in high school. So stand up if you were a cheerleader, stand up if you were in band, stand up if you played football, baseball, and he went down all the list until the whole room was standing. We're all standing there together, and then he says, sit down, nobody cares. <laughs> and you know what? He's right. Nobody cares. That was his way of saying your value is not in how well your football team played or whether you made the drill team or this or that. Your value is in something much deeper. And so to win at life as followers of Christ, the first and only thing we need to understand is our value, our identity comes in being children of God. It is not in what you do for a living. You may be great. It's your profession. I don't know. Wonderful. I hope you are. Nobody cares at the end. I have never, ever, at the bed of someone who's dying, ever talked about their career. Ever. It's not about how much money you have. Nobody cares. That's never come up either. It's not about the car you drive, the house you live in. Nobody cares. All that matters is in the end, did I live my life as a child of God and was I a person of grace and forgiveness in how I lived? That's, that's all that matters. And so here's Jesus coming to be baptized. Now in Luke's account, it says they were all baptized and Jesus also. So you get the picture. Jesus is in line with the rest of the people. 
what in the world is the Son of God doing in line with people at a baptism? I mean, a line? You ever been in line and maybe it's a long line and when you are next in line, you're, you're the next one up to the counter. What will they say sometimes? Next? Yeah. Don't even say your name. Next? So you can just see Jesus. He's there. And Luke says there was the poor was there, the, the rich, soldiers, just this wide variety of people. And there's Jesus right in the middle of the line. I was at Costco the other day. My sister gave me a pullover for Christmas, and it was the wrong size, so I took it to Costco here. And Standing in line, and the guy in front of me had pots and pans. The guy behind me had a Michelin tire, which was interesting. You know, it's Costco. You can get anything there. And there I was with my sweater, and we were all just in line, and it was next, next. Fred Craddock uh, told a story about a time he was called to preach in uh, New York at this prestigious church. And uh, the guy that was hosting him said, now, Sunday morning, they have breakfast at the church, so you can show up and uh, have breakfast. And so he's thinking, well, maybe it's with the staff and volunteers. That'll be good. We can have time to talk about the service. And so he arrives at the church, and when he gets there, he sees a line of about 250 homeless men in line for breakfast. This church served breakfast to the homeless in their community each Sunday. And so he just got in line. That's breakfast. Get in line. He's in line and he gets to the front and there's uh, eggs and sausage and bacon and coffee. He sits down and he begins to have a conversation with one of the homeless men Asked him where he was from, what did he used to do, and uh, the guy said, well, I, I used to be a stockbroker, did real well, but uh, alcohol got the best of me, I just couldn't get it under control, lost my wife, lost my kids, of course my job and home. And then he, he asked Craddock, he said, well, what's your story, what do you do? He said, well, uh, I'm a pastor, and he said, well, it can get all of us, you know, uh, and <laughs> And <laughs> Craddock said, uh, internally, Craddock's thinking, not me, I'm about to preach in this, one of the great churches in all the country, and I'm a doctor and all this, and he's thinking that, and then he finally thought to himself, no, you know what, he's right. I'm just next in line, just like anybody else. Everybody in need of God's grace, no matter no matter who you are, no matter where you've come from, no matter your family. Next. Next. And there's Jesus. And Luke's the only uh, gospel author that tells it this way. It's actually kind of after the fact, after he's baptized. He actually said Jesus was praying, so he attached prayer to the heavens opening and the dove, uh, the spirit descending like a dove. Uh, James Earl Jones, wouldn't you love it if he could have read our scripture today? When it says, you know, maybe Morgan Freeman. This is my son, the beloved. Uh, with you, I'm well pleased. You can just hear it. Uh, who doesn't want to hear that? 
I'm so glad you came to church today because you came to church today to have somebody like me that's as flawed as any of you get up and say that uh, God is well pleased with us because God created us. Man, what a great job I have. I get up and get to say that. Isn't that great? God is pleased with you. Hey, thank you. Makes me feel better about the toilet paper. Thank you. We don't wake up in the morning and think, you know, I'm going to go into work today and I want to feel devalued by someone. Who does that? We, we want to be affirmed, but in a good way. And that's what happened in this baptism. So uh, today we're doing something a little different later in the service. We're going to share in communion, but we're also going to have a remember your baptism service as a part of this. Uh, so thinking about baptism, what, what is it, first of all? Well, baptism is initiation into Christ's holy church. Uh, there are three main ways that people are baptized. In the Methodist church, we recognize all three. Uh, one is immersion, and that's uh, where we go completely underwater, then are raised back up. Uh, the other two, uh, one is a fusion which is pouring, so sometimes a, in a baptism they'll pour water over an individual. Uh, then aspersion, uh, which is sprinkling, so take the water and sprinkle it. Uh, in the Methodist tradition, uh, we honor all baptisms. So if someone were to transfer from another denomination and already been baptized, uh, we don't re-baptize because we believe it's about what God has done in that person's life, uh, and we just reaffirm what was done in, in your baptism. Uh, and it is a response, yes, it's absolutely a response of us with our lives, but God initiates God's love and grace in our lives. And it happens in community. That's very important. Um, being a part of a church is being a part of a community that loves and forgives and supports. And so that is very important in baptism. Uh, Will Williman was a bishop uh, retired now, but told a great story about when he was a bishop, was asked to come to a small rural church in Alabama. And there was a young boy, 12 years old, named Jeremy that wanted to be immersed, the dunking. And as Methodists, we do that every blue moon. So just enough to where they think you should know what you're doing, but you really don't. And so he's driving to the church thinking, yeah, I hope we can pull this off right. And Gets to the church, and 12-year-old Jeremy meets him at the steps as he's coming up to the church. And Jeremy says, uh, glad you can come. Uh, I hear you don't do many of these. Uh, I think we should do a run-through before we have the service. And he said, really? Okay. I, I think that's a good idea. And so they went in to the fellowship hall. They had brought in a trough of some sort uh, for the baptismal to, to serve as the the place of the baptism. And Jeremy was kind of leading this. He said, okay, you stand here. We'll go up there. Uh, can I wear my socks? Is that okay? He was asking all these questions. Well, they go into the sanctuary. They have the service. Williman preaches a wonderful sermon on baptism. The choir sings a great anthem. At the end of the service, the congregation all goes out together, in line, by the way, together, to the fellowship hall, and there they would gather for the baptism. Willimon goes through the liturgy for the baptism, and then he asks Jeremy, Jeremy, is there anything you'd like to say before we baptize you today? 
He said, yes, there is. And this 12-year-old looked at that congregation and said, I want to thank you today for teaching me about Jesus. A couple of years ago, my parents got a divorce, and I thought that was the end of my life. But you loved me, and you loved our family, and you've supported me, and you've helped me to where I can live my life for Jesus. At this point, everyone's weeping, including Williman, at which point he says to Jeremy, now what do we do again? And so it was in community. I was thinking about Hamlin, the Buffalo Bills player. What would it be like to wake up and see on video yourself collapsing? What would it look like to watch yourself die? And then what would it feel like to then see everything that everyone was doing on the field to bring you back? The players gathered in prayer, the stadium, all over social media and the broadcasters, and then since then, you know, over $8 million has been raised for his charity. He has, he has a charity for children. $8 million has been raised for that. But to look at that and say, I was dead, and now I'm alive. What does that look like? Well, the great news is you're here today, and you get to experience that in a second. And so do I. Through the sacrament of communion, the reminder that Christ was crucified, that Christ is risen, and that Christ is alive in us today, and then to be able to step over to have someone like Pat or me or Yolanda to take water and to make the sign of the cross on your forehead and to say, remember your baptism and be thankful. That's what it feels like. And I don't know, you, you may be able to hear it, maybe not. Maybe it's a little whisper, but I can hear the voice. It's faint, but maybe you can hear it. Next, let's pray. God, prepare us to receive that which only you can give us. Salvation and new life in Christ. And it's his name we pray. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to this week's sermon series podcast from First United Methodist Church of Round Rock, Texas. For more information, you can find us online at fumc-rr.org or find us on social media at fumcrr.org.